Welcome to Ambient Discourses, conversations with musicians and composers who create musical experiences and sonic landscapes. My guest on the program is Taylor Swindle of the Ambient Project Neighborhood Libraries. He and I had had a splendid conversation, learning a bit about his background, his newly found connection to the Network Music Group label, how he's evolved over the years, the subject of understanding flow state, his latest album, Postcards from the Backyard, and more. Grab your overdue books. Let's get to it, shall we, with my conversation with Taylor Swindle of Neighborhood Libraries. Welcome to the program and the podcast, Taylor. It's wonderful to have you here. And I got the introduction through Network Music Group um, and through Abby, your publicist. And I'm just, I'm just stoked to have this conversation. I really love your music, and I'm, I'm ready to dive in and start talking about it. But hey, welcome! It's great to have you here, man. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's, it's great to be here. Yeah. So let's. Um, let's let's uh, before we start diving into the deeper end of the pool here. Uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about your musical history, like maybe a little bit of how you stumbled in and upon music and got into composing and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so I was forced into piano lessons by my parents, who were very well-meaning, <laughs> like a lot of kids are. Yes. Um, but I, yeah, you know, I think it's a pretty classic trope. But uh, yeah, so like did like a kind of music for young children training, ear training kind of style at first and really loved it. Um, wrote my first piece for that program. and But I really phoned it in because uh, I was like, it was too easy. I'm like, I don't want to try at this. And then they have like a competition where there's meddling and stuff. And someone in my class placed and I was like, you can do that? <laughs> and so then quickly was like, no, 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 I can write something better than that. So then went and wrote my own piece that I actually really liked. And um yeah, that was the first everything I composed for piano. It was, wasn't very good. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but, but it was better than the upsy downy thing I made in two seconds for the class. And <laughs> that was literally just walking up and down a scale. But uh, yeah, that's kind of where it started. And then um, I didn't, I, I, I would love to say that I fell in love with music right away, but it took, took me a little while. Um, basketball was kind of my thing. I watched Space Jam as a five year old, and that changed my life. <laughs> and. Uh, wanted to be Michael Jordan. And so the piano was kind of like, it was my, if I did piano lessons, I could do, um, Tibet could do basketball. And so it was the trade-off. I'd practice 30 minutes every morning. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a kind of a bribery situation, but it kept me in it. And so I did classical nice. lessons, which I'm so grateful for. Um, cause I would never have had the stick to itness to, to do that otherwise. And so, um, and then, yeah, then it was just kind of like compartmentalized, like the music I listened to and then piano was separate. And then somewhere in high school, I realized, wait, I kind of know how to play all my favorite songs because wait, these notes are the same as these chords and that kind of clicked and yeah, that kind of made it all fresh again. So got into jazz and just like indie rock, that kind of stuff, Radiohead and all that. And, um, that kind of, um, that finally swayed me away from basketball to the point where I was like, I don't know, music, music's it. <laughs> also, I'm five foot ten and have no jumping ability whatsoever. So yeah, <laughs> athletic career was going to be limited, but uh, I still have fun with it. Um, it's still good. Hobby, but. Yeah, I think that makes two of us. Both of us at around five ten, five eleven. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna hit the Michael Jordan thing. <laughs> yeah, kept waiting for that growth spurt. Just never never happened. It was for the best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you don't want to see me playing for the Bulls. <laughs> no, nobody wants to see me playing for them either. No, no. <laughs> Nope. So, so cool. You, you started doing the, the piano thing. You did got into classical jazz and a little bit of the indie rock. Um, when did things kind of start turning for you where it really started becoming more serious? Yeah. Kind of after high school, um, I started a band and did that. Like I was, uh, I had a band called the tourist company mm -hmm. and, um, like wrote all the songs. I was a lead vocalist, played guitar and keys and, um, yeah, just kind of like that was my jump in. I, I did a, like didn't really go to school for music after high school. I was more of the I'd rather just do it mm -hmm. <laughs> um, for better yeah. or worse. Um, and so I always learned better by ear, which would make classical training difficult because my teacher would have me sight read and then eventually just would be like, I'll oh, just listen to it <laughs> because it was just I learned so much faster that way. Um, and yeah, I still still need to work on my reading chops. I can, but I'm still working on it. 
Oh, that's that's a thing that won't ever stop. Uh, I'm, my reading chops are so terrible. So it's it's, a, it's almost like I'm talking to a mirror here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Um, it's it's almost it's almost embarrassing. You know, the the amount of time it takes to sit down and sight read a piece is like, yeah, we're gonna be here for a long while. Go grab not just a snack. You're gonna need you're gonna need, gonna need sustenance for the week. You're gonna need provisions. Yeah, you need camping supplies, a tent, like everything you need. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. Um, and so, yeah, the band kind of didn't never really like. I never really like made it huge, but it made it enough to tour and do that. And um, yeah, like make some records and um, play kind of around the world with that. And then that got me playing with other bands as well. I actually kind of played bass for a few people, like just whatever people needed, and mm-hmm. um, learned some drums. Kind of picked up all the instruments kind of that way just by oh wait this person needs someone to play this i guess i should learn that instrument and figure out how to do it <laughs> um which was a really fun way to kind of pick it up like learning people's tendencies that way um mm-hmm. and so which yeah kind of helps that lend itself to com- composing quite naturally because it, you learn to think about writing from different points of view in an ensemble whether it's a band or an orchestral ensemble like you think okay what would it be like if i played I don't play the violin, but what would it be like if I wrote this as a violinist? And what would it be like if I wrote this as a, as a pianist or as a guitarist or as a bassist? Um, and like what like melodies can kind of jump off the page coming from those different angles. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, that, that kind of got me into it. So yeah, played festivals and stuff all over and kind of just barely eked out a living-ish. And I did construction. That's kind of how I it was like a, whenever I wasn't touring I was picking up odd mm-hmm. framing jobs or um did tile and grout for a while um my my yeah I, oh man I think every musician has that laundry list of jobs yeah right you become, not even not every but a lot <laughs> you become versatile in so many skills in baseline trades and stuff that you become pretty competent in a lot of things there's a there's there, there's the old adage jack of all trades master of none oh yeah but i didn't realize that there's actually the there's another half of the whole phrase that we've been missing out on this whole time it's apparently it's jack of all trades master of none but better than one who's master of one <laughs> There's this, I, that's actually the end of it? Yes. that's No way. Yeah. I, well, all right. Before I go full hog in <laughs> saying that this is totally it, I, I did see it on an Instagram reel. So take your mileage may vary. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a great source. <laughs> it's, it's completely reliable. You can totally trust it. It's, yeah, yeah. You know, you never know because that influencer might have the, the keys to the kingdom. They, they know everything. <laughs> <laughs> they could. It's unlikely, but it's possible. Yes. I mean, that makes me feel a bit better. I feel like Jack of all trades, master none describes my music, mm-hmm. my musical journey entirely. I've like, I, I learn a little bit of lots of things and don't usually follow through to be like to master any one particular thing. But then for, for arrangement and for composition, it's quite nice because yes. there's lots of, lots of things to play with, lots of tools, lots of colors um, to kind of layer in. Um, mm. And that kind of just suits my personality. That's the way I'm very like, I'm hyper-focused on music and love music and do that now. Mm-hmm. But um, the approach is very much that it's like, it's uh, from all the angles that I've come at it from over the years. Right, right. All right. Let's step away from the conversation for just a moment. I've got a beautiful track that I want you to hear. Uh, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's delicious and it has so many rich layers to it. I think you're going to really enjoy it. This comes from Neighborhood Library's most recent album. It's the title track. This is Postcards from the Backyard. Here on Ambient Discourses.
sitting down and you're figuring out um, the arrangement of pieces, like you're thinking about the different uh, instruments and where they fit in, do you typically rely on any sort of system or framework or do you have a, uh, a process that kind of helps guide how you place instruments in, in different uh, facets of the composition? Yeah, it kind of varies um, project to project. Um, like I, it's off, like I, I, I like to think more emotively than and kind of seeing how the instrumentation lends itself to the emotion that's trying to come across and what it's doing. Right. Um, and one of my favorite things about writing in the neighborhood libraries world is it, it's a very it's a bit more defined than I've usually had in the past. Like with the band, it was very maximalist and mm. lots going on. Everything was very bombastic and like lots of layers. Um, yeah and kind of chaotic <laughs> in a fun way. And then, then this project is kind of the antithesis of that. Um, and so being like, nope, it's, it's piano, it's synthesizers, maybe some strings, but like limiting the palette then allows the emotion to carry more in the chords and in the arrangement that way. Mm -hmm. um, and so with that, yeah, it's like, I, I, it's more how I want it to feel and where the motion should come from and um, what, what layer should be carrying that depending on like what should carry the depth, what should carry and trying to like walk that line of bittersweetness, like not having anything be too saccharine while still, um, while still like carrying, yeah, carrying the, the, the emotiveness across. Yeah. I like where, I like where, what, how you think about that and the, where you're going with that. You're, it's almost like you're taking kind of a litmus test every step of the way. Like, okay, how is this feeling to me? You're kind of gauging, the appropriateness is it too schmaltzy or is it just right <laughs> that kind of thing um yeah yeah i like that within the ambient genre so the 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 approach that you're taking when you're when you're kind of kind of evaluating as you're going and you kind of uh, the way i see it you're giving your music a lot of space to breathe and you're also giving uh the listener a lot of space to kind of consume your your art your music as it is um i noticed this more in the ambient genre and yours is no exception to that where like i so i've taken your latest album with me on a couple walks now it's been <laughs> it's been with me with walking the dog and there's just it's it was just wonderful it was this magical experience for me it was um the piano is really tender and sensitive and not bomb bombastic and not trying to assert itself and 
all of the synthetic layers that you've added in there just creates this open texture and space and it's sufficient room for for a listener to just kind of drop in and let your imagination run wild with it and generate your own stories or your own universe and for me uh your album was kind of instrumental pardon the pun um (laughs) on really helping me sort through so on my walks i typically they're kind of meditative walks you know i usually Mm -hmm. contemplate things or work through things or just plain old listen to music um but it was I really loved the space that you provided in there and the openness because it allowed me then to simultaneously really just love and cherish every note, every the 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 the, the space that you've created and it allowed me the distance to kind of just really think hard about life and things about things things that I'm experiencing and the music just kind of has this way of working its way in and making it so much more of a pleasant experience. So all that, all that to say, I love the album, man. It was, oh, it was really, really tremendous. I loved it. Um, how did, how did you guys, or how did you, um, make the connection with network? I'm really curious about that. And then what led to kind of the, the albums that we started to see on Bandcamp. Yeah. Um, first of all, that that is everything I hope and dream the record could do for someone, and it really means a lot um, that it's created that space for you. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah. So like the, this project kind of started uh, honestly kind of out of nowhere. I, so I had I did the band did that for years, and then we built up, spent four years making a record, and then went to put it out in 2020 oh, <laughs> in yeah. May. And so like and, and we'd kind of been pushing the release to get the timing right because we signed up with a small indie label here in Canada and we're um, doing that. And then, yeah, pandemic hit and that kind of just sucked the air out of everything. Yeah. Um, and so I was kind of stuck. Um, yeah, like it's like, okay, so I guess like, what do I, where do I go from with that? And so we put it out and did some like virtual things and we're like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like it was it was yeah it was worth the effort honestly right yeah. so like kind of like like just hustle in the virtual space I'm, I'm not good on social media it's not within my persona like i i love it as a way to connect but it's i, I have difficulty with it as an introvert and just uh, as a human i prefer people <laughs> to screens and so you um, and me both yeah and so i mean it's got its good things too yeah but, um, so yeah i struggled with that with that world and so but i, I was really fortunate i kind of started composing for film that kind of came up like i had an opportunity to start working with um uh another guy another friend in the city he had a band that we'd done some shows with and he started composing and asked me to come help him with it um for for some documentary work and um that kind of picked up the the slack for me and um i really love writing for film and tv and that kind of like honestly like just saved my musical life and rest Mm -hmm. of it too like it gave me something something to work towards and like a new a new um yeah a new a new sandbox to play musically but also just like work yeah (laughs) Um, at a time when there wasn't when like touring wasn't a thing anymore and we weren't sure if it would ever be a thing um again and it's back now but it's different um for -hmm. everyone like all my friends who are still touring it's like it's a tough go um yeah just um yeah it's a tough go touring right now um but yeah, so with that, I had a break. So like we were in between films and I thought, well, I just want to keep my chops up. I'm just going to keep composing, um, not for film, but to kind of score my own life mm-hmm. to a degree. And just like um, I when the pandemic hit, like the ambient neoclassical space just really like just I was like a magnet. I was just drawn right into it and sucked into the world. Um, it's like all I had space for lyrics felt intrusive and vocals felt intrusive, like adding more thoughts into a brain that was too full of thoughts. Mm. And so, um, yeah, that instrumental world was just like, that's all I wanted to listen to. That's all I wanted to, to live in. Um, cause I needed that space that you were, that you find in your walks. Um, and so like Olafur Arnold's knows from like those giants, mm-hmm. those are the people that I like, that's all I listened to Yeah, the pandemic, like first 
happened. And so. For what it's your worth, your your elms can just sit right up there with Niels from and Olafur Arnold's. It's it's really great material, and it's I really like the the way you put it that you did, you really didn't have the kind of headspace for lyrical content and. Yeah. One of the phenomenons of having having talked with so many different um, ambient musicians, so many of them got their start during the pandemic. Yeah. And for probably, I don't know, I, I, I hate... I hate to put a percentage on this, but there was there was obviously some percent that were they're they're just tinkers and that's what they do. You know, a lot of them, you find a lot of the tinkers like in the modular synthesis route um, or experimenting with different um, synth bodies and whatnot. And then you have um, the rest, which I would say um, have made this kind of a meditative experience for themselves or a healing experience for themselves or trying to process through stuff even if it was just trying to process through the fact that uh, we may die yeah (laughs) you know we we might die in this pandemic who knows so i'm just Mm -hmm. going to go out creating what i want to create right now and so for you what was I imagine it had to be pretty um, meditative and healing for you, but what else, how else would you describe that time for you when you were in between projects and you're kind of exploring? It was the first time I've like not second thought something I was creating, which was interesting. Wow. Like it was very instinctual. Like I just was like, I'm going to make it from start to finish, make each track. And that was the, the golden hours kind of era with the first two EPs that I made. Mm-hmm. Um, I made them almost at the same time and just kind of worked from track one through and was just like, I'm not gonna like overanalyze everything. I'm just gonna emote and make something and it and see what it is. And I, I mixed it all myself. I mastered it. I never mixed anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'd released before and mixing is still I don't understand it but um, yeah it was just yeah it was just I, I had I had a limited amount of time and it's like I'm just gonna do what I can in this window and it is what it is um, and uh, yeah it was fortunate the the label that we were that the band was on they'd started an imprint for ambient neoclassical music and they yeah they asked to put it out and so they put it out and it it did better than anything the band ever did on streaming and so wow just kind of took over um and uh in a really natural way but it was also yeah one of the more honest places i've created out of because usually i'm thinking and layering and overthinking and overanalyzing mm-hmm. um whereas um this this project yeah it's a lot more it's more therapeutic for me as well and also without writing lyrics i think i can leave more on the page without yeah. feeling like i'm being as vulnerable um, in a good way, but so it's yeah, it's funny to have instrumental instrumental music be more vulnerable than lyrical. But um, it is a weird dichotomy there that where you can really have this tenderness that that can only happen without words. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've I mean, granted, I've I've heard some really absolutely stellar, beautiful compositions that have lyrical co- you know content to it, but yeah there's it's like less distraction because you don't have the human voice involved yeah yeah i that that's kind of how i feel and it felt then and still do um and that's still mostly what i listen to i'm, I'm starting to trickle back into it and be curious yeah. about it again <laughs> yeah <laughs> um which is probably good are you enjoying the podcast become a monthly sustainer today at stolas.com slash support Your modest monthly contribution helps enable me to improve the programming, reach a wider audience, and provide you with quality ambient content. Please become a monthly sustainer today at any amount. Visit stolas.com slash support. And I've got another great track. Uh, This comes from Taylor's band, The Tourist Company. And this single was released back in 2018. This is Spokane here on Ambient Discourses.
So if you could quantify it, what what for you is um, the most notable difference between um, music that has come from that free space where you're just you're not self-editing all the time and you're just following your gut instinct versus the traditional all right we've got this song and we've got to compose for all these what for you is the notable difference in the two end products um uh, yeah I, I think one feels a lot more has more air to breathe and the other, the other feels a lot more forced for me mm-hmm. and a lot more like usually when i'm trying to calculate <laughs> that's when it actually ends up being worse because i yeah it's over yeah it's too there's it's um it's not too precise it's not the word it's just it's not it doesn't have the same feel mm. um and so I, I i really walk that line for my own for myself it's like i yeah i've and the more i work in the space too it's like still trying not to it's trying to keep that spirit of the feel not um not the editing <laughs> mm. um and so it's it's just it, it ends up becoming more stifled for me um yeah and so and everyone's different like i'm still a very obsessive person <laughs> so you know, the second the second record then and the first first release was network was a lot more had a, was i had more time and yeah. more space and so and there were good things about that as well um but i still really want to keep that that spirit of it very improvisational approach um to composing still and that that's still how i write even like for in all parts of yeah hmm. that, that's just how i i create i like to just kind of feel out the space and um and uh and yeah and do it more that way as opposed to trying to to calculate and articulate exactly every every moment Hmm. you mentioned olafar arnold's and niels Fromm, and those are two of my huge musical heroes from in that space anyways who have been some other artists and creators that or even anyone really that have really been instrumental and influenced you um in your musical sensibilities or in some of the choices you make yeah like i mean radiohead was the band that changed my life Mm. (laughs) and a lot of people's too and like uh i feel like their their use of chords and space and production will always be like that there'll always be a giant to me as well and i think I, i carry a little bit of that into um into my work in the instrumental space as well um yeah, yeah. they have and, a certain and, they have a certain like freedom mm-hmm. just it doesn't even matter they're, it's like they're not trying to uphold some sort of stigma of who we all think radiohead is and it's this constantly evolving yeah thing yeah and there's another another worldliness to the way it feels in a lot of ways um, yeah that i really enjoy and like i i like yeah ethereal and haunting like another band that like the national was a big one for me mm-hmm. as growing up too and um yeah 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 national radiohead i mean sifion stevens growing up too was a big one that's the bombastic side <laughs> <laughs> as well and like the his, his kind of classical mindset and arranging um and also just like orchestral and in indie rock was a big thing Mm. but that was Sifion too and so i carried that into the band in a big way um and then yeah still in the uh, i think like i'm still that person it's just a different world like i'm still that that writer it's just a different different sandbox and so um yeah those experiences definitely carry through yeah so you know radiohead was kind of like maybe an influence for us both um and like, and I don't know if you've seen like the smile, um, Tom's yeah. new band. <laughs> Holy cow. So good. That is, it's so mind boggling. It's like, where did you guys come up with the stuff? The, the soundscape is so unworldly. It's I'm, I'm slowly warming up to this idea that Tom York is really an alien. Yeah. <laughs> or you could convince me pretty easily. I don't know. He's yeah, a genius. Yeah. Um, as our tastes have evolved and as, um, as we evolve as musicians, how, what are some of the things that you've noticed about yourself as you have, you've kind of gone through these different phases in your life and, and what do you see as like some of the common elements and some of the more notable changes that have kind of occurred in you as a musician? 
I think I'm a lot more patient now. Um, mm. And I, it's, I think I've just learned how to self-edit a lot better, like what to leave and what not to. And so like what to overthink and what not to overthink. I think as a young arranger and writer, I just threw way too much stuff into everything mm. thinking that like more was always better and yeah like very maximal and i i, I think uh, hopefully i'm still progressing in it but learning how to just be like no no no, this can just be one just a piano doing one thing and that's okay yeah it doesn't need to constantly evolve and change it can but it it's not always like motion isn't always good um, but the, the one thing I think I've always kept with me and with everything I've ever written, and I, if, if I don't feel an emotive response to it, I, I don't want to keep it. Um, and so that was, yeah, true writing songs for the band and same with these, like if, like if it, I want it to feel like a moment, um, like in, in the moment is what matters. And so whatever emotion should be there, um, if, if I don't feel that connection with the piece, then I, then it, I, I don't want it there. It, it's yeah. always connected to that for me. Um, I'd say it's how I process feeling. It's how I process all of that. Um, and so if it's not, if it's not resonating like that for me, then I wouldn't expect to do it for anyone else. And so, so this is, this is an interesting thing that we've, this keeps coming up somehow in, in the conversations and we've, the different artists I've talked to, we've kind of tried to tease out different elements of this to try and kind of get a better picture of what actually is happening. And you're talking about like inspiration and the things that like something resonates or clicks with you when something is just right. What for you is behind that? Like, what do you think is happening when you hear something and you're playing and you're like, Oh yeah, right there. That's, that's the sweet spot. What unpack that for me for what that, where does that feel like it's coming from within you? And do you feel like there's, I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to open the, the table wide open here for conspiracy theories <laughs> or for, you know, what, how you feel about something philosophically. But I'm, I'm curious about this process that we go through as musicians to tease out what, when something feels right what do you think's behind that? I have no idea. It's a mystery. Like, and that's, I think what makes it special is I can't explain it. Like for me, it's when like the, the background, like the chatter fades away. Like there's like always noise in my brain. There's always like something to think about with the sound or especially like, like doing all parts of the process, like engineering, like doing it all. Like there's always something. Um, but like mm. kind of when all the, like all the voices stop, that's when it feels like it's something um i like that so it's like when like in in the absence of noise that's the right moment and so when it makes me stop i really like that and then yeah. that's kind of it um yeah and i don't know everyone would have probably a different answer i think there's i think a lot of artists have some spirituality in some way for that that reason like it's kind of like i don't i don't get why this works um, and so I think it's easy to think of, well, I thought, I, yeah, it's easier to think there's more, but, um, but I, I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's inexplicable and it's, those are the moments I live for in a lot of ways. Mm. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, the way I've been, so I've been teasing this question out of all the different artists because I want I'm trying to compose this kind of mental picture of what all what all is going on and I yeah hmm, I need to sit with that one for a bit I like the idea of um, it's it's almost has this meditative quality where in meditation it's the same goal you know you're trying to basically you know you get comfortable with observing your thoughts and you just learn to let them go and go back to focusing on your breathing mm -hmm. and you know when you're kind of in this flow state when the voices it just becomes a, a wash of nothing. It's just, and then you, then you're really into the space of where you can start dealing with, you know, personal stuff or, 
whatever, whatever your whatever floats your boat during meditation. And mm-hmm. this feels like a very good metaphor for what you're describing when the noise just stops and all you hear or feel is the sensation of this this just feels right and it feels like a direct parallel like it's like you could yeah. almost draw a one-to-one relationship between these two things it's it's kind of this meditative flow state and all the noise all the distractions the voices <laughs> and by voices i don't mean like on a clinical <laughs> level here but yeah yeah but <laughs> the distracting self-editor all that stuff it goes away yeah the inner monologue yeah. it's not necessary the narrator stops yeah i like that dude i i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna write a book on this <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. Like to be able to dis- to distill this down so that, you know, cause this is one of the things I think that of all of the things that they don't teach in music school, this is one of them. And, and, and I feel like it gets into, you know, obviously it's very difficult territory. It's very philosophical. It's intangible. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of touchy feely words and things that you can't concretely measure yet it's the thing that we keep coming back to you know jazz musicians would <laughs> they go into their flow state and you know yeah. what and and they just you know lose track of all time and sense and and they're just riding whatever wave they happen to catch along the way yeah so it's kind of like surfing it's kind of like meditating it's a like a lot of those things i think yeah it's almost transcendental wow. in a way yeah 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 100 percent. if you've come to enjoy the conversations on ambient discourses stay connected and don't miss a beat sign up on the mailing list at stolas.com slash relay station you'll receive monthly updates commentary on new releases and free music downloads sign up today at stolas.com slash relay station I've got another track here that I want you to hear. This comes from Neighborhood Library's first ambient album. This is from Golden Hours Part 1, and this is entitled From Here All We Can See Are Clouds, here on Ambient Discourses. Thank you. 
so let's let's talk a little bit about um i want to learn more about postcards from the backyard what yeah when you were when you first started um creating and you were starting to come up with these different arrangements or coming up with these different pieces what were some of the things that were influencing you at the time the record is in a lot of ways snapshots of life from the pandemic. It's really time-stamped for me in that era. Um, and that that's kind of where like the, the title was almost thematic for it. It's like things I would send to... Postcards I would send to myself to remember like these specific mm. moments and feelings from that time. But uh, mm-hmm. And where is the case for most of this project? Like it, it focuses mostly on the small moments that are good that I want to remember during a time when there wasn't a lot that was good to remember. Um, and so in the, yeah, like I, um, I'm a dad, I've got two kids. We had our second, um, in, yeah, in, during the pandemic. And so like life was really chaotic. It would have been anyways. Um, yeah. And so there's a degree to which it was almost like, oh, no, no, no. Like, I want to musically remember this. It, and that helps me stay connected to the, to the, to the moments that were worth saving um, from that time. Um, and so, yeah, but for both, it started as two EPs. It's combined into a full record um, now. But it's, yeah, it's like, uh, um, yeah, like I'd send postcards from a trip. They're postcards to myself um, for, um, yeah, to remember that the small moments are the good ones. Um, and that there's a lot of beauty in those in-between stages and they're not grand <laughs> all the time. Sometimes mm. they're really innocuous things. Um, but if I'm not mindful of those innocuous things where th- it was a good feeling, then I lose track of them. And then when things start feeling dark, it's like you've, you've lost all these little moments that can make this darker one feel better. Um, or like help. Remember, there's a balance. There's both. There's, there's dark and light. There's both of these things. Um, whereas the dark can be overwhelming. Um, yeah. And, um, but yeah, that's the theme theme for the record is that, and so that, that's the place I think it starts from. And then musically it carries that as well. Were there any challenges or setbacks that you experienced when, during the lockdown when you were creating? Yeah. I mean, uh, I had to build, I didn't have a studio. <laughs> and so I had to build, I had to build it. Um, that was the first one that was like, Oh no, <laughs> it like quickly had to accelerate. Um, and so a lot of it is just like technical stuff and figuring out how to do it. And, um, and, uh, yeah, like, yeah, learning, learning the space, learning equipment and gear. Like I haven't really recorded that much music on my own. Like I've worked in studios lots, but it was like, okay, it's a lockdown. I can't, can't go to a studio. Yeah. <laughs> That's not an option. Um, I've got to learn how to do this myself. And so lots of mistakes and I'm sure engineers listen to my music and cringe because <laughs> of mic placements and whatnot. But, uh, I'm learning and I'm Googling and YouTubing as much as I can. Um, and, uh, but that's, that's, still, that's, that's the beauty the of it right there. You're, yeah. you're learning, you're growing. And that's to me is more important. Than, yeah, than and I having kind of a like perfect that. album. I kind of like that progression. Like I hear that with like all of my favorites, especially indie musicians. Like you hear the DIY records, and I love the flaw in them. Like I end up liking those sometimes a lot more than when they know what they're doing better, in a way. Um, but then it's like hearing the progression's good too. It's like as people, as you learn, as someone like learns had to record and arrange themselves um either building their own spaces and getting gear it's like hearing what people do as they go through the process is that's part of the journey as well Mm -hmm. and so that's all it's kind of more interesting too to kind of hear how an artist has grown sonically Mm -hmm. over the years so like i think of i think of jacob collier i don't know if you're familiar with him he's just yeah this oh my god he's so good but even his, for as meticulous as his music is, and erratic, and like, I've never heard anyone manage to create music that conjures up color in my imagination. But his music, I see vivid colors, and it's huh. not a drug trip. It's <laughs> just a music trip. It's all just, it's just his music. And, but even him with it, his level of um talent and and his mastery of the sonic space 
even his releases, they keep getting better and better and better and better. And it's just like, where's the ceiling for you, dude? <laughs> he doesn't have one. No, it's just perpetual. No, let's see. I know he's 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 gonna suck us all into some distant black hole with his yeah. amazingness, and you know, it's <laughs> gonna carry us off Earth, off the orbit. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I I think that's perfectly acceptable. You know, if you're if your music isn't perfect, and shoot, mine isn't perfect. I mean, and I don't care. Yeah. You know, it's going to be irrelevant anyways for many of us. You know, 100 years from now, most of our relatives are going to be like, I don't remember anything about that guy. Yeah. I don't know anything. I got I got a photo. I got a photo. And I, I found some. What are these MP3s? I don't know what that is. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's it's we're going to it's the perpetual you know we're going to end up becoming irrelevant anyways to the people that live well beyond us and that's okay that's all right i i like it's the work of its i time. like what you're doing you're you're you there is progression and there is you can e- you can hear even some nominal growth between you know from some of your earlier works to your latest album and it just, it sounds, I don't, I don't know. I like it. It sounds polished, but it also see, feels real and human. And that's a, that's a difficult thing to pull off. I think. All right. We're going to step away from the conversation for just one more time. And we're going to check out a truck. It's one of my favorites. Uh, comes off of neighborhood libraries, recent album postcards from the backyard. And this track is entitled like we were dreaming all this time. Part two, here on Ambient Discourses.
what what do you have coming up on the docket? Do you have any um, new projects in the in the wings or waiting in the wings, or do you have a new album that you might be working on? Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 in the thick of the next record now, um, which has been awesome. I it's been good. It feels like a break. <laughs> to work on it like i work on a lot of film scores that's most of my work um and this project just feels like an escape in a really great way and so it's been nice i've had a few weeks to work on it and lots lots more to go but uh yeah working on the next record um yeah it's been yeah i'm really excited for it uh we are going to be expecting more of the same kind of the um using kind of the neoclassical piano with the synth bed or are you going to kind of branch out maybe try some new stuff um, I think it'll be similar, but an evolution is so far. It's like, um, yeah, I picked up some more pieces to work with, some more gear to work with and some more colors. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of see, I like, I'm, I'm just following the process and seeing where it goes. I'm not trying to like put a ton of, yeah, a, a ton of expectation of what the arrangements could be. I'm just more like, what if, what if this is just this? <laughs> um, and so yeah. uh, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm going to find it. I've got one more question that I want to, and we'll kind of round out the interview here a little bit, but um, I I like to give people the the opportunity to um, share bits of wisdom that they've picked up along the way. And so when you're thinking of other musicians that are either in your position or maybe they're just starting out or trying to find their voice, um, what, what would be some bits of wisdom that you've picked up along the way that you feel like, yeah, this is, if you don't know about this, (laughs) your world will be so much better for it. If you know it. That's a tough one. I, I feel like the best advice I got starting out was just to be a kind human in this world, in this musical space. And be, be kind and be good, be as good as you can. And also just having a spirit of humility in it, no matter what, no matter what stage of it. Um, and that's, that is still, that's how I try to exist. There's so much I don't know. Um, and I'm always listening, curious, like there's, yeah, talking to the musicians and being like hearing their journey and their perspective. And, um, there's yeah that there's so much to be to be gleaned just from listening and as opposed to feeling it, it trying to kill the ego i think is a big big thing and um i yeah i really try to be an artist who who leaves that behind um and um i think most of the good things that i have are from that um and uh i yeah hope to keep it keep it going forward and it's um yeah music is a crazy world it's it's it can be it can feel competitive um and it can feel overwhelming um but there's so much beauty and so many beautiful people along the way um that make it worthwhile um career aside and um i'm just i'm really grateful for the journey i've had and hopefully can continue to have um but yeah just the the keeping the the spirit of kindness is is a big one for me Mm. That's I, I don't want that to be understated. That's uh, you know you might feel that that's a really basic thing or whatever, but I, uh, I I'd argue it's probably one of the things that make musicians better human beings. <laughs> you know <laughs> that the 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 element of kindness and humility. Humility is a big one. I think mm. it's a tough. It's a tough balance to hold because you feel everything about our culture telling us that we need to go out, be big, be loud, be have this huge persona and do whatever you need to do to um, further elevate that and just get your get your name out there, get your your brand out there, your your identity, but the approach you're talking about is a lot more subtle and it's it requires to kind of stop and listen and you know not feel like you have to fill the air with your voice all the time yeah and and i I like that and i i really i really applaud that that's you know 
an element that's really important to you in approaching how you treat other people and how you treat life and uh, with kindness and and knowing that you know coming at it with also a lot of humility because you don't have all the answers <laughs> i really don't <laughs> it, none of us do really yeah. we're if you if you think about it, we're all kind of just flying by the seat of our pants you know at yeah. thousands of miles an hour on this rock going through the universe we you know we're just making things up as we go along <laughs> we really are <laughs> and i discovered that too it's like people i assumed had everything dialed and like no they're making it up too and that's okay that's part of yeah. the process and it's a good part of the process and so yeah, it's a great it's a great dance. Just kind of figuring it out as you go along, and there's no no hard fast rules. I don't think, anyways, not unless you're trying to play a specific game of someone's model of how things are supposed to be done. But yeah, I, I, I really like I really like the more improv nature of of life and just you know, figure it out as you go. And it takes it so much pressure off you to have to be like someone. Yeah, you don't. It lets you be yourself. Be yeah, and that's okay. It's like, yeah, it's like, especially like in the music world, as an introvert, it's like, oh, that's an oxymoron. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not like, yeah, it's it's an oxymoron. And it's a, it's an odd space to be in, but I think there is space for that, and that's um, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, and and quite honestly, it's you know. How many how many egos can we consume anyways when we're on the when we're doom scrolling <laughs> Instagram or whatever you know it's yep there's another ego yep there's another ego yep there's another ego <laughs> yeah <laughs> it gets yeah. a little overwhelming just always want to make um, sure your mind isn't one of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I I I'm I'm with you there I'm the the older I get and the longer I'm at this game, the more I realize how much, so much of it just doesn't matter. And it's, it's, it can be ultimately simplified by just living here right now in this moment. And what feels most connected to the space around me or to the universe or the cosmos or to source if you want to get really deep and philosophical about our connectivity to all things but mm -hmm. living simply in the moment reducing your ego being humble and kind to other people and kind with your music like i i think that's one of the greatest gifts that you have to give is you you've provided us these amazing spaces in your music and they're tender and sweet they're they're but they're not syrupy sweet that it's it's just it's genuine it's it feels like it's an authentic part of who you are and your sensibilities and your personality and it it shines through and i think it's what you've created here is is just wonderful and i i feel my life is enriched because of it so thank you taylor appreciate it thank thank you no that that means a lot that that's why i make it and so that that means the world thank you well on that note thank you so much for your time taylor um and we'll round out the interview here but um my express gratitude to, i just want to express gratitude to um to all the folks over at network uh for your publicist thank you so much and of course thank you so much my friend for your time here and for sharing your music with us and with the world i appreciate it very much yeah no thank you thanks for having me and super grateful to those guys as well for creating the space for me to make this music too absolutely all right another great conversation in the bag thank you so much taylor swindle of neighborhood libraries thank you for your music thank you for your time and your, the conversation it was absolutely delightful i also want to express my gratitude to my friends over at the network music group label abby taylor and everyone else over there thank you so much thank you for all the music you've been sending my way and the hookups with these wonderful, amazing artists. I appreciate it. 
You can find more music from Neighborhood Libraries out at Bandcamp at neighborhoodlibraries.bandcamp.com plus your favorite streaming services. You can find all the links down in the show notes in the description. Thank you, my friends, for tuning in to Ambient Discourses. Conversations with musicians and composers who create musical experiences and sonic landscapes. Until next time, keep creating, my friends.